Welcome into the John Clay Podcast. I'm John Clay, sports columnist with the Lexington Arrow Leader and Kentucky.com. On this podcast, we're going to preview the NFL draft, which starts on Thursday night in Cleveland, Thursday, April 29th. We'll run through Saturday, and we're going to talk about it in relation to the University of Kentucky, the Kentucky football team, which figures to have a pretty strong presence in this year's draft. UK has several players who could, dra- who could be drafted, starting off with linebacker Jamin Davis, who left after his junior season and who has really rocketed up the draft boards uh, of many NFL teams. He's rated very highly by the draft experts. He could easily be a first-round pick. You also have Kelvin Joseph, cornerback who transferred from LSU to UK, played at Kentucky this past season. Uh, I've seen Kelvin late first round, early second round on a lot of mock drafts. Uh, he way up there. And then some other players that Kentucky could uh, very well end up getting drafted, including center Drake Jackson, who played down in the Senior Bowl, offensive tackle Landon Young, defensive tackle Phil Hoskins, also, defensive back Brandon Eccles is also getting some mentions. And, of course, you have punter Max Duffy as well, who could end up getting drafted. So Kentucky has several players. So to talk about those players, I brought, I was able to talk to Emery Hunt, who is with a draft analyst with footballgameplan.com. Emery is also uh, on Ross Tucker's college draft podcast. That's where I first heard Emory. He does a great job. He knows all of the players. He knows all the Power 5 prospects, all of the Group 5 prospects. He knows all the FCS prospects. There's not a prospect out there that Emory doesn't know something about and has a scouting report on. So I really wanted to talk to Emory about the UK's prospects. We talked about those guys. We also talked about Louisville's draft prospects, including wide receiver Tutu Atwell. And Emory also mentioned a guy in Eastern Kentucky who he's really high on uh, and who he thinks has a chance to get drafted as well. So without wasting any further ado, this is my conversation with Emory Hunt of footballgameplan.com. Okay, my guest on the podcast, I'm really happy to have Emery Hunt, uh, draft analyst. I I listen to Emery on the College Draft Podcast with Ross Tucker. He does a great job. He knows about all the prospects, not just the top prospects, but prospects that you haven't heard of at schools you haven't heard of. He knows about all of them. He puts out a draft guide at footballgameplan.com. You can also, the 2021 draft guide, you can also find him on CBS Sports HQ and various other outlets. How are you doing today, Emery? I'm doing fine, man. I appreciate you having me on. Well, I appreciate you being on. Uh, I wanted to talk to you about the Kentucky prospects leading into the draft, which starts uh, next Thursday, April 29th. The first guy who gets a lot of, who's gotten a lot of buzz, really kind of rocketed up, I guess, the uh, charts up the draft boards is Jamin Davis. Emery, Emery what, what do you think of Jamin as a prospect? And are you surprised that he's gotten all of the attention that he's gotten here lately? You know, I'm kind of surprised he's gotten that attention because, you know, he is a very good player. Don't get me wrong. When you see him out there on the field, you see visually, uh, you know, a lengthy guy that, that makes a lot of plays that is, you know, that's athletic. Um, so I'm not surprised that the NFL is infatuated with his, his potential and his skill set. But I'm kind of surprised at, at how high folks have, have uh, I think it's the result of the pro day. Folks have catapulted him to some talk in the first round, but you know when you see him, you see the the athleticism, you you see the ability um, to to really be a, a dynamic player in pass coverage. Not because he had the interceptions versus Tennessee, but because he was able to do a good job in just being in in, in the way in coverage because of that long, lengthy guy uh, that you want at the second level. 
Do you think he'll go in the first round, or do you think uh, uh, he may end up being like high second round pick? You know that that's the ten million dollar question, <laughs> I, I guess. Right. Because you know, I, I think the, the that's what makes the draft so fun because it's such a wild card. Right. So I could potentially see it either way. He could go in the first, but I could also see him go. In the second, I think the second is probably more likely because really? uh, I, I think in the first round we'll see a run on quarterbacks, obviously, but also offensive linemen and perhaps cornerbacks. Right, right. So, yeah, and a lot of it yeah, comes down to teams' needs and who else is in the draft, obviously. Another guy who's gotten a lot of buzz as uh, maybe a first-round pick or early second-round pick is the cornerback, Kelvin Joseph, who transferred from LSU to Kentucky. What do you think of him? No, I like him, man. He has a, a confident set of skills. And for a guy that's just in his first full season of starting, he has a lot of polish. You know, he, he's patient in coverage. He has above-average ball skills. Um, you know, I like the fact that he can press and reroute guys. So I can understand the appeal there because he's tall. He's six one, about 195 pounds, uh, very good press skills and ball skills. And those two things definitely mesh well with the pro game. Kelvin, here at, at Kentucky, in his time at Kentucky, there were a couple of games where he kind of got himself into trouble with penalties after the whistle. I mean, he's a very boisterous player, very boisterous personality. How much do the pro scouts look at that? Do they feel like that that's a problem, or is that they feel like that's something just maturity, and once he gets in the pro game, they know how to handle that? Well, maturity is going to be huge in that aspect because that hurts your football team, and we know in the NFL that every yard is valuable. So you just can't give away free yards because you decide you want to talk smack to this wide receiver. Um, so that's something he's going to have to really just kill once he gets to the pro game uh, because you won't be out there if you're a liability. If the penalties were coming in coverage, you know, as far as him being grabby or right. you know, holding, then that's something that you really can't change. But you can control, like you talked about, coaches can definitely get him on the right page as far as like, hey, you know, you got to nip that in the bud. Over on the offensive side of the ball, I wanted to ask you about Drake Jackson, UK center, veteran center. He play, He was uh, down in the senior bowl. Uh, what do you see out of Drake, and where do you think, he, if he's drafted, where might he go? You know, he's someone that uh, he plays a smart game. Um, he's consistently able to find the right leverage or the right angle uh, to attack a defensive lineman. He, he does a good job in executing combo blocks. And I think, you know, when he's getting to the second level, he's very fluid in that regard. So, he has a lot of the work withable tools that you want to see. I think his hand usage is A plus. Uh, his ability to recognize stunts and, and pressures is, is where it needs to be. So I, I would see him more as a mid round guy because centers tend not to go as high as other positions for whatever reason. So I see him as a mid round guy, but I definitely see him as someone that could have a solid uh, NFL career because he does a lot of the, the intangible things well and the physical things just kind of work themselves out because he's so. Uh, apt to figure out what's going on quickly and being able to get himself in position to make you know a very good block. How important is the Senior Bowl not uh, not just to get an invitation there, but to show well that week during practice and workouts leading up to the game? It is very valuable. the The practices are more valuable than the game, but the game is important because you want to see how it goes, how you're able to put everything that you work together in the in the week of work and put it all together in a live 100% speed type situation. But it is very valuable. You have It's the biggest job interview you're going to get because you have a ton of uh, scouts there, personnel decision makers, coaches 
that are there watching you go through the, the drills. And a lot of times what you can do there may supersede some stuff that they saw on tape. Because if, if they saw some stuff on tape earlier uh, in their evaluation before they get to the Senior Bowl and you're kind of, you know, squashing those kind of myths uh, or inconsistencies that may showed up on tape, then your performance at the Senior Bowl kind of gives you a layup. Okay, well, he improved on this. He got better in this. I thought he wasn't able to do this, but he showed that he was able to do that at the Senior Bowl. It shows that you were coachable and you have some upside. So it's very a very valuable, important process. Uh, another guy I wanted to ask you about on the offensive side of the ball was is Landon Young, uh, a big offensive tackle. What are your thoughts about him? You know what's interesting about Young? I, I want to say he was one of those highly touted prospects that right. came in. Um, I think he got Andre Giant, like you know, Andre the Giant type core strength. He is so strong. Um, you know, once he gets his hands on a defensive player, they tend to stop moving in his tracks, right? <laughs> right. Um, so he is legitimately baby Huey in that regard. He's just so strong. Um, and, and I think that strength gives him the ability to have so much success in the run game. I think his run blocking is phenomenal. Really? Uh, and it's no surprise that he was, you know, invited to the NFL PA Bowl and the Shrine Bowl. Both, unfortunately, wasn't able to be played. But I just think that as a run blocker, he's someone that's going to be a plug-and-play guy right away at the NFL level because he's so strong. And not just weight room strong. His strength from the weight room definitely transfers to the field. And if you're able to be functionally strong, you can write your own ticket. So do you expect him to get drafted in the later rounds, or will he be like a preferred free agent type guy? I think he's more along the lines on the, the later rounds. And the good part about being in this draft class, guys that may have been priority free agents, all those preferred free agents, um, they will tend to get bumped up, you know, because you only have so many uh, guys that have made themselves eligible for the draft with uh, virtually everyone going back to school next year, yeah. taking advantage of the first year. Uh, so, yeah, he's, he's got a great shot to get drafted in the, in the later rounds. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, another guy I wanted to talk to you about, and I think I've heard you uh, mention him uh, with Ross, is kind of a sleeper type guy. Is Phil Hoskins? Uh, what do you feel? What do you think about him? I was surprised at at how athletic these big guys were. Um, between you know Hoskins and Bohannon, uh, Bohanna, you know Hoskins. You know he, I think he got potential as a one gap penetrator. Um, he's active with his hands. At the line of scrimmage, they can be both violent and aggressive. And I think he uses them really well to, to find a way to get uh, back into the backfield. His ball get off is tremendous. So he's able to get to an offensive lineman's chest pretty quickly and then find a way to get off that block and get and get to be disruptive in on the plate. And you mentioned Quentin Bohanna. What, what about him? You know, I, he, he's built like a nose tackle and he plays nose tackle, but he moves like a three tech. You know, so I was surprised at his quickness off the ball. And, he, you know, he has a little pizzazz with him uh, where he, you know, kind of has the, the good footwork. He's able to dance with his feet and keep his hands busy. Um, you know, so in, in that regard, he has 
upside as a as a as a pressure player, but he does all the traditional nose tackle stuff very well. I think he does a great job of getting off double teams um, or even taking on double teams. His hand usage is where it needs to be, and he's so strong and stout versus the run. Anybody else uh, on the on Kentucky that you think has a chance uh, to uh, to be on a go to a training camp or be on a roster uh, for for the exhibition season next year? Brandon Echols, the corner. I think he's going to be your ideal slot corner. Um, you know, he's explosive with his acceleration. I think he can really click and close on the ball, and I think he's tough, man. He may be you know buck seventy five, but you know when those <laughs> pulling guards are coming around. He's not trying to run away and trying to create a different angle to get to the ball carry. He, he doesn't mind sacrificing his body and trying to take out a pulling offensive lineman and getting there. And in uh, his zone skills, which is what's really needed to be a, a stellar slot corner, is outstanding. So I, I like him as a player. I think he's one of those guys that will find a way on the roster, be a star special teamer before working into the regular defense. Yeah, he's a tough kid. He's a really tough kid. Uh, well, I've got John here. What, what about over at Louisville? You got several guys over there with Tutu Atwell, uh, Des Fitzpatrick, Javian Hawkins. What, what about the prospects of those guys? He, I, I, I'm glad you brought up Tutu Atwell because I think people will focus on him being a buck forty nine, but you have to catch that buck forty nine in order to hit it, and that's <laughs> right. the thing. Guys can't hit. Guys can't catch him. So. I think he can legitimately get wherever he wants to on the football field. Between his speed and Javon Hawkins' speed, um, they were a fast group over there at Louisville. And I think with Hawkins, in terms of what he brings, I think he got better this year. Last year, I thought he was kind of you know inconsistent, and he ran for over 1,500 yards last year. But this season, you saw him develop more patience. You saw him be a little bit more elusive and, and show a little bit more nuance in terms of running the football. So I thought he got better. So I don't care what his size is. I don't care what Tutu Atwell's size is. Um, I, I think those guys can play. Now you go from that end of the spectrum to a bigger end of the spectrum with uh, Jared Goldwire, uh-huh. um, the big north tackle. You talk about someone that got like George Foreman-type punch ability at the line of scrimmage and big lacrosse mitts for hands. You're talking about Goldwire. He's 6'6", 305, and he's just like a guy like Bohannon. Uh, when you look at how big they are, but how disruptive they can be, I think he got uh, you know some good ability as a pass rusher, uh, where you can kind of trust him to be over the center as a nose tackle, or maybe as a five tech in a three four defense, or maybe as a shade where you want him to be a one gap penetrator. I think he has those opportunities uh, ahead of him. Uh, what about at the smaller schools in Kentucky? Uh, in Kentucky, we're talking about Eastern and Western and schools like that. Anybody on that uh, that sticks out on on those on those teams? Yeah, you think about Eastern Kentucky's wide receiver Keon Dixon. Um, you know, he was a guy that transferred in, I believe, from UConn. Right. But this year, you know, they played. They had to play a lot of FBS schools, and I think that was great for him because he was able to showcase his game, like against Marshall. Uh, you see a fluid athlete that does a great job in, in being fluid within everything that he does, whether it's his route running or after the catch. He tracks the ball well. I think he, you know, uh, is a solid run after the catch guy. So you talk about someone that's tall, but also have or has, you know, kickoff return experience. So to me, that, that's impressive. Uh, you're able to do that, that. You can write your own ticket because you're going to get on the field early as a special teamer. And he was someone that definitely had that ability. Back to Kentucky for a minute. Uh, 
since Mark Stoops has been here, especially since the past few years, he's had several players drafted. I mean, thinking about Josh Allen, with the Jaguars, Mike Edwards uh, with the Bucks, Lonnie Johnson with the Texans. How much do the pro scouts look at that, that Stoops and his staff have been able to develop guys who have been, you go back to Bud Dupree, the Steelers, who uh, was here when Stoops got here. Uh, how much does that figure into when a draft scout is looking at a particular player? Do they look into the background of how coaches that he's been coached by, how they've developed players. That's huge because the pro scouts love when you can make their job easier. <laughs> and, they, you know, they know if we go to Kentucky, the type of person we're going to get, the type of player we're going to get, and the type of development that they are at. You think about someone that didn't get drafted but is, but is on an NFL roster right now still, and that's Chris Westry. You right. look at you know the, the guys out in the secondary. Though they had all tall guys in the secondary, all those guys are performing solid uh, at the next level. So, you know, Coach Stoops has done a great job in turning over the the program and changing the expectation uh, of the kids coming in and turning them from you know high school kids and to now legit pro prospects. Guys that we talking about guys that may go in the seventh round that's going to have an impact not just the guys that are going to go in the first round. So it's telling you he's going able, he's able to go in and get really good recruits and then develop those guys into very good football players but also pro prospects. And it's a big reason why Kentucky's uh, football kind of trajectory has changed uh, since he's gotten there. Now you look at Kentucky and you kind of expect those guys to win. You look, I, I always go back to that Georgia game and talk about how they were able to match up up front. You never was able to say that about a Kentucky football team on both sides of the ball. Offensive line was excellent. Defensive line was able to hold their own. They gave up a big player to there, but for the most part, the defensive line was able to hold their own. So uh, if you're built well up front on both sides of the line of scrimmage in football in general, but definitely in the SEC, it, you know, you could, you, you're going to be in a lot of games. So I like the job that he's done down there in Kentucky. Well, Amory, you do an outstanding job yourself. Talk a little bit about the football game plan and what all is it entails and what's in it and where people can find it. Well, people can find me on Twitter at FBallGamePlan. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is YouTube.com slash FootballGamePlan. Uh, they can also pick up a copy of their draft, draft guide, the 2021 draft guide, at FootballGamePlan.com slash 2021 draft guide. And just about football game plan in general, we're, we're, we love football. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, at the NFL level, CFL level, college level, Power 5, FCS, D2, D3, it doesn't matter. If it involves a pigskin, we talk about it. We, we talk about women's tackle football. We talk about, you know, football internationally. Uh, talk about the guys that play over in Germany and also play in Mexico. So if it involves a pigskin and 100 yards of grass, 120 feet up in Canada, we cover it, and we cover it all equally. That's right. And be sure and check uh, Emory out also on the College Draft on Ross Tucker's College Draft podcast. That's where I first uh, heard of, heard Emory and was just so impressed with his knowledge, especially about players, about uh, players at the smaller schools. Uh, Emory knows all about them, their strengths and weaknesses. He does a terrific job. Emory, so glad to have you on the podcast. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you for having me on. 
Okay, that'll do it for this edition of the John Clay Podcast. My thanks to Emory Hunt of footballgameplan.com and the College Draft Podcast with Ross Tucker. Be sure and check out Emory on uh, on his website uh, and on that podcast. Uh, you can also follow him on Twitter, uh, as he mentioned. So be sure and check Emory out. He does, Like I said, he does a terrific job. He's really worth the listen on the College Draft Podcast, on Ross Tucker's College Draft Podcast. He really does a great job. So be sure and check him out. We'll, we'll have draft coverage uh, from this weekend. Uh, the College Draft, as I said, it start, the NFL Draft starts on Thursday night, April the 29th. It runs through Saturday. Uh, of course, ESPN, the NFL Network, you can find it several places. Be sure and check that out uh, as well. Uh, as I said, it looks good chance that Jamin Davis will go in the first round. Kelvin Joseph, good chance he'll go in the second round. He might even sneak into the first round. That would be a big boost to Mark Stoops' program, which has had a really strong presence the last few years in the NFL draft, as I talked about with Emory. If you go back to Josh Allen, even before that with Bud Dupree, guys like that, uh, Mark has done a tremendous job in developing players, and the NFL has really taken notice of that. So I fully expect you know, several U.K. players to be drafted this weekend. Uh, also, you can look for the Louisville players, and as uh, Emery mentioned, guy over at Eastern who up, could end up getting drafted as well. Uh, also want to remind you, you can get a sports-only digital subscription to Kentucky.com. It's $30 for the first year. You get all of our UK football, UK basketball, UK recruiting. You get all my columns by uh, myself and Mark Story. You get all of our high school coverage, $30 for the first year. Go to my Twitter page. You can follow me on Twitter at John Clay IV. The pinned tweet at the top of my feed has all about the Sports Pass digital subscription to Kentucky.com. Click on that tweet. It'll take you right to all the information. Like I said, it's $30 for the first year. Or just go to Kentucky.com. Hit on the subscription tab there and check out all of the subscription offers we have for Kentucky.com and the print edition of the Lexington Herald Leader. I want to thank everybody who listens to these podcasts, who support our work at Kentucky.com and the Herald Leader, and who support these podcasts. You can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, Tuned In, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio Podcasts. Leave us a rating and review. That really helps us get the uh, word out about the podcast. It just exposes the podcast to more people. We had plenty. We had a couple of podcasts over the weekend about the Kentucky women's volleyball team that won the national championship on Saturday night by beating Texas. Be sure and check those out. We have the Kentucky Derby coming up. We'll have several Kentucky Derby podcasts leading up to Saturday with Ben Roberts and myself. So look for those as well. And like I said, we really appreciate everybody who listens to and supports these podcasts. You can follow me on Twitter at John Clay IV. Or send me an email, jclay at herald-leader.com. Thanks again to my guest, Emory Hunt. And thanks again to everybody who for listening. We'll be talking to you again soon.